looks like a Dalmatian. I mean, I really thought that she was part Dalmatian when we first got her. Really? She's not at all, though. It, it's like a stunted Dalmatian. A little bit. Mixed with maybe a beagle. But I don't... She is, she is part beagle, but I don't know that all dogs that have spots are part Dalmatian. All dogs that have spots are Dalmatians. I thought maybe it's, it's maybe it's more of a recessive gene than a dominant gene. What having spots? Having be having spots and being a Dalmatian. They're not mutually exclusive. That's like recessive genes. That's like saying that what I display in my physical appearance that there is a dominant Italian gene over some of my other genes. I mean, there for for you, it's the it's definitely the Scottish. No, no, I'm absolutely absolutely Irish and Scottish. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like, like a prerequisite to have red hair. There's like nothing recessive about it. No. I there's <clears throat> nothing recessive about it right now. Do you imagine a world where it becomes like the dominant trait? That's my ideal world. That's where the world that I want to live in, Chris. People I, won't I, criticize me for being a ginger anymore. I think that's the ideal world that both men and women want, is that the sex that they're attracted to has red hair. I mean, there's like 1% of gingers that that are men that are attractive. It's it's mainly a, a thing with females. Really? You think so? No, I think the entire world thinks so. You Think of any redheaded male, any one of them, and tell me how many that you can think of are actually attractive. You got me. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Summon Up podcast. Uh, this is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. I'm joined by my good friend, John, and I'm Christopher, and we are your co-hosts for the day. John, how you doing? Well, doing pretty great, Chris. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. We got a lot of topics today. We're going to talk about the new Star Wars trailer, some Batman news, some Joker news, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, but first off, we want to talk about uh, just a quick a quick uh, discussion about Mandalorian. It's got good reviews. Chris, it looks it looks pretty great. The, the whole aesthetic, the whole feel of it makes me think like original trilogy Star Wars, like western samurai up in space i mean it's a weird aesthetic but i i think john favreau just nailed it because it's uh western samurais and western samurais in space that's my personal favorite genre i would agree that it's probably going to do a lot better because it is original trilogy connected because uh rogue one i thought was pretty good and it was very original trilogy-esque except for the music and some of the other elements because the directors are different and George Lucas doesn't have his hands on it, but it felt as, as I've talked about with other people before and you that now rogue one is more revered as like, Hey, it's actually pretty good. At first people were like me, but now it's pretty dope. And I think that that's what it has going for is the original trilogy is going to help propel Mandalorian into hopefully, uh, like AMC territory of famous. There's like the Walking Dead, Breaking Bad of shows, and I hope it it hits that level of a uh, Game of Thrones rating of like amazing, where it has a huge following that just wants more. I think it definitely could. I think that like with Rogue One, I don't think people knew that you could replicate the feel of the original Star Wars 
in a modern film like you could with Rogue One. And I think it took a lot of people by surprise. And now that Mandalorian's coming out, they're realizing, oh no, like this is actually attainable. This is doable. We can actually produce this kind of movie and have that same gritty, worn, kind of like used feel of a movie. Like the universe that they've created it doesn't have to be all super shiny and new, kind of like the the new trilogy has become, I, I would say, a little bit more so than the originals. And Yeah, I agree with that. It, it definitely needs to look like it's been in a yard for like 10 years. Oh, yeah. Like it's been out in the mountains in a yard, rained on, rusted over, and somebody put up in space and tried to fly it. And then you're going to see the American pickers come out and they'll be like, oh, it looks like an X-Wing. You know, like, you know how much this goes on the market? $500. Bam. That'll be good. Yeah. The American pickers in space. It's going to have a Watto as the guy that they bring back the stuff to. He's like, yeah, Look, this man, is the good stuff. Give it a couple of years. There's going to be something like that on the network. <laughs> no, give it time. Where's the Watto game? I want the Watto video game. It's going to just be hilarious. All right. Well, that was exciting. Let's talk about the big me- meaty thing that's come out. The Star Wars trailer. Oh my gosh, it dropped last night while I was watching the beatdown of the New York Jets. And that makes me happy as a Dolphins fan, but I digress. I'd like to say that the football game happened while a Star Wars trailer came out. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. (laughs) I don't really sports ball. Oh, I love sports ball. Well, I like football. Basketball, I gotta get more into after my heat now suck. It is what it is. We lost LeBron. And then baseball, it'll take some convincing after the way the city of miami ruined the marlins but that's a different topic for a different day on a different podcast because sports but came out at halftime they had a little bit of fanfare all the commentators around was like you ready for the world premiere star wars here we go enjoy uh what are your initial thoughts my initial thoughts are it's a jj abrams trailer it's still super vague i don't know anything about the plot and i think i like that I don't want to know anything about the plot because JJ knows that I'm going to go see the movie regardless. He could put up a title card with the name of the movie and nothing else and maybe just give him, put him up on the screen, give him a little thumbs up. I'd still go see it. No question in my mind. So I think, I think he knows that. And I think that he's intentionally just putting in a couple clips of random bits of the movie that have no context. I don't think he needs to put anything that has any kind of like hint towards story any kind of like familiarity it just needs to have a couple cool shots he definitely got a lot of cool shots that i my thought about the trailer is i'm super excited like i thought i was hyped before i'm probably i feel more hyped but i don't i'm not acting like it i'm not like jittery or anything like that it just felt like a trailer that hit you in a way that it does feel different but different that's still Star Wars. I think it's it's trying to hit the note that The Last Jedi wanted but didn't get. I will say, speaking of that, I think I liked The Last Jedi trailer more than this trailer. Really? Really. Oh, the, the crystal foxes and all that stuff. I don't know. This The thing that got me going... There's some things I, I didn't like about this trailer. But for the most part, the way... The way it starts is pretty cool. I like that there's a training, a small training montage with Ray. I liked that um, Kylo Ren is more of a focal point. 
you know, in the voiceover it says, I know who you are. Just very exciting trailer uh, for me because of the fan service, you know, with the giant fleet and the different planets really got to me. It's like, this is going to feel outer worldly. Like that ice planet looked mm-hmm. beautiful and the different ways that it showed the village and the iceberg, the ice cap, whatever, being reflected in the water or the ice, whatever it was. It just... It is an amazing shot of cinematography, and that's what I do think that the Star Wars universe needed, and I think we got more of that in The Last Jedi, is that it's a very beautiful film, mm-hmm. and I can see that this film is also going to be just as beautiful, if not more, especially with the different visuals that they're doing with the Star Destroyers coming out of the ice or the water, and it just looks great. Um, the one thing that The one thing that I love about this trailer is probably my my favorite part about the trailer has got to be the ships and the 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 rebellion coming together that fleet oh that that reminds me of return of the jedi and it looks astounding like the scale of it you're seeing hundreds thousands of shift and that's what i expect in a galaxy with a lot of different planets and a lot of different factions that makes more sense to me is a giant fleet battle for the decide the war, the fate of the galaxy. Well, that was them finally coming together and being united for the first time since this entire trilogy has, trilogy has come out. Um, I mean, to me, to me, it looked like they just put every single ship in Star Wars that they have ever designed on one little TV screen <laughs> and just crammed them all together. I don't know how practical it is. I don't know the context for it. It looks cool, but. Uh, it, in the trailer it kind of just caught me off guard a little bit initially and i i i don't know i don't know how i feel about that i think it looks cool definitely but i i can't wait to see the context of it in the actual fight and the reason why all these ships are crammed together so tightly i guess that could be jarring no although probably the part that ruins it for me in this trailer is the horses yes makes no sense why are they on space why why are they on what are they on they're on a metal thing they're on the star destroyer whatever like on a base on the ice planet i don't get it i don't like it why not put speeders i think speeders would be cooler everyone gets a speeder they're much more efficient when you have tie fighters flying above you being on a horse is a pretty easy target because you're not moving very quick they can they can definitely track you down i don't i i mean i think the idea of space horses on paper sounds cool but yeah um again i i definitely need to see the context i trust jj i think he'll do a good job with this i just there's a lot of stuff that's out of context that the, horses, context. the horses are taking me out of it the, ho- yeah. the horses are kind of ruining it if you want like a the riders of rohirrim like kind of charge and all that stuff from like lord of the rings you can do it with speeders you don't have to do it with horses. You don't need living things that are like going nay and eating whatever goop out of out of a space slug. I don't know. Blue milk. Blue milk. Yeah. You, you know, blue milk or like uh, Luke Skywalker putting an apparatus onto an alien and getting green titty milk. I, I don't think it's appropriate. But I, I just I just don't like the horses. I want speeders. I want that Return of the Jedi feel that I think JJ's going for. He's doing it a different way. Uh, but that's personally what I would. Uh, that's personally the worst part for me is the horses. Other than that, if we can discuss other things in it, uh, I really enjoy the the battle of lightsabers with the water, like in the water, like oh, on the, the way planet. that the lightsabers light up with the water. 
Yeah. Absolutely. The way Kylo Ren comes out of that wave and he, you see just the lightsaber and then you see him and he f- spins it around like he's about to fight. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I think they're going to get him right this time. I think he's going to finally settle into who he is as a character and he's not going to flip back and forth as much. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be very confident and headstrong and really come across as a very intimidating character. And I don't know that he, he's done that successfully in the past couple of films. I think that's what they wanted to try and convey, but I'm I'm excited to see how he's going to really take the reins as the supreme leader in this movie. Really? Yes. I actually get the opposite vibe. What? Yeah. No, I get the vibe that... He, so, when he's fighting Rey, he doesn't have the mask on. Mm-hmm. But in the trailer, when it shows them destroying this, like, silhouette statue type of thing that they destroy with their lightsabers, and they're in a hallway, and they're working together, it seems like... He has the mask on. And we even see in the original teaser trailer that he puts his uh, mask together. You know, and people think that's him being reincarnated as the Supreme Darkness. I think he's coming back. I think he's being redeemable with that mask on. So you think the mask is more of a symbol of uh He wants ben to be Solo. like Darth Vader. He wants to be like Darth Vader. Okay. And Darth Vader died. He, he died you know obviously the mask was taken off but he wants to be like darth vader and the mask is similar to that like i want to be darth vader and i think that's the redemption story they're getting back to so i would i that's the vibe i'm getting i'm not thinking he's going supreme evil but i think he's he's fighting it and i'm very excited to see what jj does to make it a twist okay interesting interesting uh the other thing i thought was pretty cool and i i'm curious to see how it plays out is c3po being hooked up to all those those cables and wishing his friends goodbye for the last time and i wonder what is going to require his sacrifice whether it be something in deep in his memory banks that they have to drag out and maybe reset him to some degree um I, i'm curious if he's going away completely or if he's just resetting and maybe back to like more of a blank slate or what's going to happen with him. But I think that like him, they're going to close the chapter in a lot of original characters. Not all, but I think a lot. I think maybe R2, Chewie, and... Uh, um, uh, Lando? And Lando, I think, are all safe. Yeah, I don't see... Th- I, I would see them getting rid of a droid before I see them getting rid of Chewbacca. Oh, ab- there's no way Chewie's going to just gonna die or anything yeah he's completely safe yeah so so with that like yeah i think he's he maybe he maybe because they show him in the trailer at one trailer with red eyes and maybe that's him maybe that's him integrating with another uh computer system to find out to to locate something Mm -hmm. you know or maybe there's a code that only he can decipher, but he has to merge with the system. Kind of yeah. like how he lost L3 with the Millennium Falcon in uh, Solo. Yeah. You know, this might be him knowing, this is what I'm going to do. One last look at my friends. That kind of got me tear jerked up. Because mm-hmm. I think at first I was like, this is cheesy. And then the way it's, everyone's like, oh. Like everyone got wide-eyed like, this is the end of c3po and then it hit me i was like "Ooh, oh maybe it isn't so cheesy after all it's a big moment for him yeah for for 3po oh yeah uh what about what do you think about um palpatine i think he is going to be a lot more of a 
of a physical threat than I think people thought originally. And I think the initial thought was, oh, he's just going to come back as maybe like a forest ghost. Like maybe he's the first Sith, Sith to crack that. Um, but seeing in like one of those final shots of, of Ray slowly backing up and inching away and that chair with the hooded figure uh, slowly kind of floating towards her, I think that's him. And I don't think that's a force ghost at all. I think that's, I don't know if it's like an android or if it's like a clone or how they're going to do it. Um, but yeah. I think he is physically to some degree going to be back. Um, it, if not initially towards the end of the movie and he's going to be a real threat that they have to overcome, not as a force ghost, but as a, as a physical incarnation of Palpatine. I'm with you on that. I really want him to come back as a fiscal form. I don't want it to be, I, I want him to come back as a physical, physical form, but if he comes back as a ghost, I'm okay with that too. I think, Palpatine supposedly being the strongest or the most cunning of the Sith, he would find a way, not oh, yeah. just from sheer power alone. Um, and I know there are some people who are like, I don't want him to come back as a Sith. If they do do it, I think JJ will get it right mm-hmm. as far as the lore behind it, because he's already doing crossovers. Like the the ship from Rebels, yeah, Ghost. Ghost is in that still shot with all the rebellion, or not still shot, but that shot of all the rebellion. Uh, starships again it's the starship wikipedia is what that is it's every ship <laughs> every ship it, and i think i think jj's gonna get it right with the fan service of bringing palpatine back i don't see any issue here no oh, yeah so i'm i'm excited and i hope i'm gonna say it i hope we get palpatine in physical form i think that'll be more interesting for the characters to fight against a physical manifest and it's not and I hope it does the cool stuff that we saw Palpatine do against Yoda. Like, he's got the lightsaber, he's spinning around, doing lightning. I want to see it all. But I want to see more. I know that look you're giving me. It looks really disapproving. And the very, flips. The, I'm fine with the flips, but I want to see also more force. If Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting each other in the beginning with lightsabers and showing that clash, I'm cool with that. But I also want to see things floating in in the sky, like heading for Rey and Kylo. I want it to be, I want it to feel weighted in their personal battle, besides the weight of the starships. So that's that's where I'm hoping with the Palpatine stuff. Also, that throne looks mighty uncomfortable. Being it made does. Of stone. It kind of looks like the uh, Game of Thrones, the Iron Throne, and just the level of discomfort. And it can't be can't be warm in there there's probably not any heat so it's got to be pretty cold um but as far as uh as far as palpatine goes one i completely disagree with you about the flips i think the flips were completely unnecessary just them trying to show off the cgi that they can do they're impractical there's no way that a master fighter uh of the force would ever try and just flip three times in the air before it's not it's not a tactical move Anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ramble on too long. Um, but I think if he initially comes back as a Force ghost and then something happens, whether it be in, inconsequential or uh, very intentional, uh, to lead him into a physical body, uh, I think it's going to be it's gonna be something new that we haven't seen. And I, I believe that I've seen in a few interviews that uh, this is really supposed to show off the full potential of the Force. That it's gonna, we're gonna see things in this movie that we haven't seen before to really show the immensity and like, I mean, it's it's a force of nature. That's why it's called the force. It's not just this feeling that people get or kind of 
um, like an intuition. It's it's a uh, like an entity, and it's neutral, and it's uh, the most powerful. It's I don't I don't like the midichlorian aspect of it. I don't think it just lives in like these little microscopic bugs inside of us. Um, it's I, like a, it's like a su- it's superpower. Exactly. This is, uh, but yeah. more of an elaboration on the responsibility of having that superpower. Like, what can you... When I think of Spider-Man, it, when I think of Spider-Man and his powers, which, you know, don't really do a lot, but he can affect the physical things around him uh, with the webs and stuff, but it's the weight of him having that moral code. And that's where I like the division between the Sith and the Jedi is they each have their own code. And that's what gives weight to their powers. Kind of like when we see Ebony Maw in... Uh, infinity war yeah and the way he's moving things around he's mm-hmm. a force of evil and it feels like it's weighted that he's trying to take dr strange's uh the time stone yeah and in that part i'm like that is a really cool concept i feel like it's the same way as having a jedi move things around it's you know it's his power yeah and i, I mean I, it will be cool to see the the movement of of everything using the force but i i hope that i hope we're surprised by what the force can do and it's not just repetition but in new forms i hope it's completely new abilities and and uh actions that we haven't seen before okay i can get behind that i still want to see flips i know you're against um, the flips against the flips but um do you think uh do you what do you think jj's intention behind this trailer was do you think he's trying to grab all these people who are watching football on monday night or do you think he's trying to appeal to the old star wars fans or is he trying to get the new ones which is kind of the disney model even though i think they're trying to shy away from that no i don't think he's trying i mean at this point you're nine films into us into a saga like there's no way you're going to get new viewers to jump on this bandwagon and just see this movie i mean this is going to bring he's trying to bring in all of the fans of star wars young and old and uh, i think the job of this trailer is one just to give us something to overanalyze for the next couple months before it comes out. And two, uh, just to show us cool action set pieces, basically. I mean, it's not the job of the trailer to show us plot, and, and it's not J.J. style to give away any key story points, um, but just to kind of show us the feel and the aesthetic of the movie uh, more than anything, more than plot, more than context. Like, again, because I've, I've brought this up before, there's so many things that are out of context that I, I want to know more about. And that's that's to me is, is doing the job, is getting me to ask questions, getting me to want to see what he's showing me. Lando's going to be... Lando's going to be a Force user. That's what he's trying to tell you. I'm going to be honest, man. At this point, Lando looks like Neil deGrasse Tyson with a cape. <laughs> Lando looks old. Like Billy D. Williams looks kind of like, kind of like, uh, like your grandpa on the chair, just doing his own thing. Like grandpa, how you doing? Mark Hamill did some did some workouts to get in shape for being Luke Skywalker. I don't think that Lando did, but I don't think he needs to. I think he was supposed to be this. Like he's in a cushy job. He's gonna do his own thing. I think he looks he's like Lando should. He's walking around like Jabba the Hutt. I don't like it. I mean, I think he looks like Lando should. I don't think he needs to be this like buffed out. Uh, oh my god, um, Chris uh, Hemsworth? No, I'm trying to think of the guy that played him in, in a Solo. Why can't I think of his name? You mean uh, Donald Glover? Yeah. Why can't I think of Donald Glover? Wow. Yeah. But Do you I think don't... Donald Glover's buff? No, no. Well, I think yeah, I think he's fit. 
And there um, we go. Regardless, I don't think he needs to look like that the rest of his life. Like he's retired. He's gonna you don't you don't stay in shape when you're retired. You sit on the porch and you drink some beers. Alright, well then he better do the Saw Guerrero and get himself a darn cane to move around and that would be nicer. Well, it'll he'll be fine. Or get him a staff. That would be cool. He's a pilot. He doesn't do anything. He can he have a staff to walk around. Okay. He's well. got a spaceship to fly everywhere, but you know, give him a staff so okay. he can walk around like a hermit. Freaking Yoda walked a staff for, what, a greater portion of the end of his life? Which is like 200 years? Yeah. Maybe? I don't Give know. Give or take a few decades. You know, we're not we're not being uh, aerospace engineers about this, but yeah. No. Um, overall, what are, are you hyped for this movie after seeing this trailer? I... Is, is the feeling... Let me rephrase that. Do you feel more excited for the movie now or on par less excited? I feel appeased. Appeased? I feel appeased. I don't know that I would say that I'm more excited because I was already pretty excited, but I like having new th- new footage to watch. Just the nerd inside me is, is pretty happy. But again, like I, I don't, it didn't, to me, this trailer didn't hype me up and I don't know that it was its job to, to overtly hype me up in in a new way. I mean, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to see the movie regardless um, but I feel pretty good about it. I feel confident in JJ as a director, and I think it's going to be a good movie. I'm so hyped for this now. And since this trailer dropped, they played the music from the title crawl. They played that in in the trailer, which I had not seen before. They usually yeah. do themes from the movie that are, uh, you know, motifs and stuff like that when it comes to the music world. But they grabbed the actual star wars music and threw it into this trailer and i am so excited the music was maybe one of my favorite things about this trailer yeah it was so good i like the music from force awakens trailer a lot too but in general just the scale of it the the movie looks like it's gonna go to many planets the space battle which we got glimpses of with the Mm -hmm. b wings and the y wing that was firing into the the bottom of the star yeah a star destroyer i am so excited now that I know there's a big set piece battle between uh, in space, and even though we got a kind of glimpse of that, you know, of the rebellion fleet, I think we got, like you said, the uh, starship wiki. Oh, that yeah. to put if you're gonna put that in a set piece, I'm super excited. That third act has got to be nuts, which I'm excited for. Absolutely, so I'm more hyped. All right, let's talk about something that happened <coughs> that is uh, a little bit on the petty side. Uh, did Jared Leto try and tank the new Joker movie? Yeah, so the rumor is... Allegedly. Allegedly. Salt of the earth, Jared Leto, I'm sure. He's a nice guy. <laughs> salt of the earth. What? Allegedly. Allegedly salt of the earth. Yeah. So he... The rumor is that after he, learning he was going to be replaced by Joaquin Phoenix, even though Phoenix's role was not connected to the, to the DCEU, um, but the, the gist was that Jared was going to be pushed out. Um, after learning all that... Even after years of being told that he's going to continue to play the Joker role, uh, he's got a solo movie coming up, uh, all of these rumors, I mean, he was being fed all this information confirming that he was going to continue being Joker, and then Joaquin Phoenix swoops in, uh, has this incredible movie come out, uh, which we'll talk more about later. Uh, Jared allegedly went and spoke with his music producer, music uh, manager, and uh, asked him to go to Warner Brothers and use Jared Leto's influence to stop production on this movie. 
in order to, you know, keep his role as as Joker uh, still intact. Um, the rumor is that the music producer, or sorry, music direct, oh my god, uh, music manager, uh, never actually went through with this, and uh, they actually now don't have a professional relationship, uh, which kind of feeds into the room into into the validity of this rumor wow i really can't talk and this is kind you of know it's for it's jared you're you're hypnotized by jared leto and his performance as the the joker you know he's getting to you i re- yeah now well let's let's say that let's say that got to me sure soul of the earth <laughs> uh yeah as you described it's just a rumor and but i don't know i don't Kind of the it, implication of it is that, like, an actor is going to use try and use whatever influence they think they have to stop production on a movie that's not even connected to their uh, cinematic universe uh, just because they feel like their role is in jeopardy, which, I mean, tells me he he may not have had that much uh, confidence in his own abilities if he feel, felt like he was going to be pushed out because of that. Uh, I I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty petty. Yeah, uh, but I think... I think to to give him some saving grace, if Jared Leto really wanted it enough, Warner Brothers would probably try and make it happen. I mean, I know they're on the cautious side now with everything they're producing because of how much I think Zack Snyder screwed up their DC universe. But I, I there is a way to do things, and maybe Jared Leto, if he wanted it bad enough, he would know how to do it. If this rumor is true that's a little ridiculous you're never gonna work you're never gonna be in in any franchise that's comic books just by trying to burn bridges it's not gonna happen no um you know so i i can't really sympathize if it's true um if it's not true you know and he's just like oh you know i'm not gonna play joker whatever if he takes the high road he's just like well that's cool good luck to joaquin then good for him but I hope other actors don't take this as an example of something they can do. Like someone who's similar to Jared Leto, but very different, would be Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner makes music. He he played Hawkeye in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jared Leto, they got similar dualities. But Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner doing this. I think you would get the same reaction where the probably the Marvel community would be like, what the heck are you doing, dude? stop i'm saying if you switch the rules yeah. i i hope no actor ever does this this is this sounds stupid no and i think i think a lot of studios have enough casting i mean like i think edward norton trying to do a similar thing uh as far as like have control over the production and have a lot more influence over the movie that he really did um and just same thing with jared leto they they didn't the studio didn't put forth the vision that the actor had wanted and then they got upset and then in in uh, Edward Norton's case, he left the he left the movie. In Leto's case, if this is true, then he tried to reverse whatever direction the, the studio was going in. Um, I, I mean, honestly, like they're actors. Their their job is to uh, put on a production to play the role that is given to them by the writers, by the director. It any kind of influence that they think they have over a studio, I think a lot of times, in my own opinion, I think is is more imaginary than anything. Um, I, I would agree. The studio is going to do what they want, especially if the movie you're in did not make the, the amount of money and did not be as well received as what they had imagined originally. Now, I think 
Robert Downey Jr. has earned any kind of influence that he had over Marvel. But Robert Downey Jr. in his own right is an actual full and through actor. Exactly. Jared Leto plays in a band who wants to act. That's, that's how that's how I view it. That's what I think of him. He Don't has could... had a lot of really great roles. So I credit where credit is due. Like I think given the right role, he is he is a good actor. Uh, the right role. I think that I, I think that in his mind, what he wanted to do with the Joker and the way that he went about treating his castmates and uh, the rest of the production staff, I don't really agree with, especially after seeing how Joaquin Phoenix treated it and that it didn't require you to send like use condoms and dead animals to your, to your staff and your coworkers uh, to try and get yourself in that mentality. It's, it's not required and it's just gross. Uh, I mean, to be honest, you think you think the you think the production is like, man, we gave him like five minutes of screen time. Imagine if we gave him his whole movie. He's going to murder everyone in Chicago. That's this is a bad true. idea. That's <laughs> Jared Leto takes it. it to the extreme. OK, yeah. that makes sense. Um, but yeah, but going away from Jared Leto and his insane idea of what to do on a set. Um, the new Batman movie. The real hero. Oh, wait. No, I'm skipping no. something. The Joker. The real hero. I will agree Stay with Stay on this. target, Chris. Stay on target. Stay on Tarkin. Uh, Porkins, we miss you. Oh. Um, I really... We, you watched the Joker movie last week, and yeah. I had seen it a couple weeks back when it came out. Uh, really, really love this movie and the different feeling it gets you out of the theater. Uh, I recommend somebody go see it if you like suspense thrillers or even uh, superhero movies. This is a great character study. It's not a huge action-y film, but I would recommend people go see a movie if you want something more thought-provoking afterward. It's not like you have a candy bar, you eat it, and you're like, oh, that was good. It's like a candy bar, and you're like, you can't stop thinking about it for the rest of the day. It's like, man, it was so good. Even though, you know, at that time, it might not feel that way. So tell me, tell me, John, what did you think about this movie? I thought it was, it executed, I think, the the end goal that they had wanted to from the beginning. Um, excuse me, which was to, I mean, it was unsettling in a lot of ways. Um, I thought Joaquin Phoenix was an incredible actor for this role. I know he had been fan casted for this for quite some time beforehand. And when that finally came to fruition, I think I think he delivered. Um, uh, I I think Joker is probably one of the few, at least Batman villains that they could tell this kind of dark, psychotic kind of story with. I think it it was really just like this perfect blend of all these things coming together: the the casting, the the vision of the director, the uh, the setting of the movie. I think putting it in the in the eighties was a great choice. Um, uh, because of the lack of technology, because the things that it put uh, put this character through, uh, because of the mental health mental health conditions and the understanding of how to treat those things, um, it was just this perfect storm of what it could do to this person. And I mean, it was definitely if you take out the name Joker and just have it be a, char- a character study of of author of Arthur Fleck, um, I think it stands alone as a great movie, regardless. Putting in the fact that it's uh, he ends up becoming Joker, maybe not the Joker, but Joker um, adds a whole other layer 
of uh, comic book, comic book history and, and complexity to it um, that I I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, the one of the few things that I didn't like about this movie was I mean any any scene or inclusion of uh, of Bruce Wayne. Um, really, really, I think. Wait, I, Bruce Wayne or Thomas Wayne? Bruce Wayne. The kid? The kid. Purely because I, he didn't do anything. He, when his parents were murdered, spoiler alert, uh, it's in the <laughs> comics, uh, he he didn't even react. When when Arthur went up to him through the gate, and, I mean, it's in the trailer, so I can talk about this, uh, put his thumbs in the kid's mouth and then made a smile, he didn't react at all. And he let the stranger put his hands in his mouth. That kid, for one, is psychotic and might end up becoming the actual Joker. And it's, he just, I don't know if it was the writing of it and maybe it was just the kid itself, but I really didn't like him as as whatever this movie was trying to include. Oh, speaking of that, we should probably say, uh, let's not spoil anything in the movie particularly. Oh, if, yeah, yeah. If anybody wants to, if anybody, we haven't, nothing you've said has spoiled anything mm-hmm. really. Uh, just thoughts on the movies and maybe we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But yeah, that's in the trailer, and yeah. I agree. But I have a theory on that. So, well, what else? What is there anything else you didn't like? It's the only other thing uh, that I initially didn't like, but after some reflection, kind of changed my mind on uh, was Robert De Niro's performance. I think because I went into it with this understanding of what modern uh, talk show hosts are supposed to be, it, he was Robert De Niro. I don't. I didn't see him as this host of of the 80s um but after kind of thinking about it for a while and talking with you before the show here uh i i don't necessarily like his performance but i think that he was a good the performance that he gave was good for the time he played the role yeah yeah but i i think he kind of phoned it in i don't know that he gave his all yeah i would agree with that this movie has when i think about the robert de niro role i think of uh casino mm-hmm. the movie and he uh uh it's about the the character he plays the casino manager eventually makes his own talk show where he just you know shits on different people he like gives them you know brings them down and stuff like that he's like this is ridiculous what this guy's doing uh, on the vegas strip and stuff so kind of phoning it in he's playing the same character there's nothing new there i thought robert Niro's performance was average i didn't think it was fantastic at the same time didn't think it was terrible mm-hmm. i thought he i thought he did a good job portraying what i believe to be 70s and 80s talk show hosts at that time sure it's nothing super flashy it's not very political you're just trying to get to every audience that you can and everyone kind of spend their time focusing on you rather than what's going on in the world but um what i thought about the movie i thought it was great fantastic i love like i said the thought provoking things that come out out of the movie things that i didn't like though um really i think i think the interaction of arthur fleck with uh the female uh i can't think zazie beats zazie beats her character yeah i did not like his interaction with her character i didn't I didn't like it, and there's some stuff in the story about it that makes more sense. But still, I just didn't find it very necessary. It was Zazie Beats? I didn't. I didn't really get it. I think Zazie Beats did a good job acting, you know, and a lot of the things that go on there. And I think the the scenes that 
really bring out um, a lot of Arthur Fleck. This is something I really did like is the Arthur Fleck scenes where he's in the mental hospital or he's mm-hmm. at the or he's at the the office of the psychiatrist and stuff where he's talking to them about his day and stuff. Love it. Absolutely. There was a tense there was a tense silence mm-hmm. in between when he was talking and when uh the the, the social the other, worker the social worker was yeah. talking. It was absolutely stunning. It felt like Scorsese. See, I the weight the weight of those scenes. Oh yeah. No, like you you fully understood where he was and the fact that uh like there was this disconnect between his character and hers. Absolutely. And her worldview and his. Um I I kind of disagree with you about his interactions with uh Sazzy Beats. With Beats' character, yeah. Um I think that any interaction he had with any stable person, I think it the movie I think does a good job of showing that there is that disconnect and that there's that unsettling nature between what he like how he acts and who he is and who they are and maybe their perception of him and his perception of them. Um, granted later on, it kind of explains a few things and gives more context. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, I think there's supposed to be a bit of an unsettling nature between how he is and who they are and how they act. Um, uh, I've, I, I think she, like, like you said, I think she did a great job. I think he did a great job. Um, I think they knew who they were, and I think they executed it pretty well, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, well, I, like I said, I thought Zazie Beats did a good job. Yeah. I just didn't like the direction her character might have been given, but th- that's another thing. Uh, I will say um, another thing that I didn't like about it, and not going to spoil too much, was just the the uh the the lead up to the joker or when the joker finally gets on the show mm-hmm. some of the dialogue i didn't like but that's a nitpick besides that i thought that whole scene was amazing not giving anything away and the scenes afterwards were fantastic yeah like especially the the ending scene i thought was very very funny um and very very joker-esque so that's what I'll say about that. I loved this movie. I recommend people go see it. Um, do you have a favorite scene, though, from the movie? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I can't really... If we're not going to do spoilers, can't really give too much away. Well, let's go Let's go into spoilers. All right. All right. This, is the, this is the spoiler part. All right, so All spoilers. Right. So, so go away if you don't... If you haven't seen it, just go see it. All right, go All ahead. Right. So I think probably my favorite moment of the movie was the was when you realize that Arthur's interaction again with Zazie Beetz's character was completely imagined in his head that she was never there for uh, in the hospital room with his mother she was never there on uh, getting I guess like hot dogs or whatever uh, yeah. in the food truck um, she wasn't there at the uh, at the stand up. Exactly. Yes, he was completely alone, and and based on that one momentary interaction with her in the elevator, he had this whole imaginary relationship. And then when when he sits in her living room and she walks in and is scared, and you can tell that she's she's doesn't know who he is. She recognizes him from down the hall, but she doesn't have an, a relationship with him. And he's just shaking and uh, just says he had he had a bad day the weight of that moment and the revelation of what actually has gone on this whole time 
just completely shook me up. See, see, I actually, and this is probably more on me. I didn't know that their interactions were made up until after I saw the movie and I've seen other people comment and I was like, oh my gosh, that makes perfect sense. But in the movie, when she's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing in my apartment? And then he, he kills her is what I got. Like he was playing with the gun and that's what I thought. I thought he murdered her. Okay. And that's in the scene. We might need to go see more movies together because. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's what I took away from it. Uh What? uh not realizing and i'm like okay these beats make more sense at the same time i was like wow that's kind of a it was an it was an odd plot device to show that he is clinically insane or not clinically insane but clinically uh he needs help like his medicine that he's not getting anymore is sending him down this kind of weird reality slash uh what he thinks is his interactions with people so that i mean you know, that's what I took away from it, which is probably wrong on my part. But I it really, was. yeah, I really love Bruce Wayne or not Bruce <gasps> Wayne, Thomas Wayne. The Thomas Wayne scenes were so good. Like when he punches him in the face and there's this insane guy just yelling at him like, Dad, I love how they played on on the idea that maybe that uh, Arthur Fleck and Bruce Wayne are like half brothers Mm -hmm. and they completely threw it out the window when you find out about the mother and that he was adopted i loved that but even still it could be real because thomas wayne could have used his influence to i mean it's it's within the realm of possibility for it to be real true she she they might have just said she was crazy she might have been but it it the fact that they stuck with joker's origins and that his his past is supposed to be multiple choice and leaving the movie you don't 100 percent know exactly where he's from, who his father is, what his history is. And I, I like the fact that it can still be up for debate and you can have a strong argument one way or the other. Um, I do like, th- uh, I know one thing I noticed was the connection between Thomas Wayne and Arthur Fleck's relationship mm-hmm. and the state of Gotham as a whole. Yeah. And in the beginning when, when Joker was idealizing him and uh, at least his mother was putting him up on a pedestal Gotham was kind of on edge, but it was still held together. And then the more tense and the more dysfunctional his perspective and relationship with Thomas Wayne became, the more Gotham kind of spiraled into chaos. And by the end, when they've completely, when they're at each other's throats and he realizes what kind of man Thomas Wayne is, uh, Gotham falls apart. And Joker knows the truth, at least in his mind, he knows what's, what's true. Um, and he knows that Thomas Wayne is a monster, um, which I, I, I enjoyed this take on him and that he's not just this upstanding philanthropist of the city. He's got a dark side and he may have done some shady stuff. You don't really know 100%, but at least there's that edge and kind of gray to his character now, which I thought was more interesting. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I would, it, it is a that is a really great thought on just the Joker outside of this film mm-hmm. and you know how it connects but yeah my fit uh before we go on to the next thing like my favorite thing about this movie yeah my favorite scene from this movie i was thinking about it in the car ride and i i'm i, I thought it was gonna be when he shot frank de niro's or <laughs> robert de niro's character his name is frank robert de niro's character but i've changed it to actually the scene where he shoots 
the uh, the the three guys, mm-hmm. the the guys on whatever, oh, the Wayne Enterprise, Wayne uh, Enterprise, yeah, the Wall Street man. looking dudes. I loved that scene because he was, it was so. It felt like it was someone who's getting beat up defending themselves, and then they finished it. Like mm-hmm. when that guy is running away and Arthur Fleck is chasing after him to shoot him. It's just basically like the thing like I've got to finish this or I've got to make sure that no one talks about this. And then he runs and his run is so weird. But it's kind of it's 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 that fight or flight. And he he's doing he's never been in this position. It seems like where he has the power and he and he uses it. He uses the gun and it it seems like a very human reaction. You know, we might think about all the different things that happen in our lives and what, you know, what type of situation we might be in, you know, that thing was like, Oh, I would have done this hindsight Mm -hmm. and watching the Joker or watching Arthur getting beat up and then use the gun and kind of like have like this fire in his eye to like, to like shoot the other guy, shoot that guy and shoot that guy. It's like an instance of anger. Like, you know, when you get goosebumps, you're like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, this feeling, it's probably the thing that's going through him, and I loved that scene. I loved how real it was. So that's my favorite scene. But do you think this movie will be nominated for any Oscars? Nominated? Definitely. Um, do you think th- Joaquin's going to get nominated? I think with how on par his performance was with Heath Ledger, um, I think so. Uh, I, w- I would be pretty surprised if it wasn't. Um I don't know that it would necessarily win anything. I mean, granted, it's still super early. And to be honest, I don't really follow the Oscars. Uh, but um, I kind of know what might be, I at least know about them and the quality of films that and what they're kind of looking for. But yeah, um, I think it, I think it definitely has potential. Um, I think regardless, I think it's going to be held, upheld as a uh, top of the line comic book movie slash standalone uh i think dc really uh got off onto the right foot kind of in this new post justice league uh standalone movie kind of uh outlook that they're going for um i think they really hit it out of the park and i think um they definitely deserve some awards for everything they've achieved with this absolutely yeah i i hope um if nothing else i hope uh I don't see the screenplay or anything like that getting nominated. Mm-hmm. I don't think the movie's going to get nominated, but I would love to see Joaquin get nominated for Best Actor. Yeah. It, an amazing performance, and he deserves, deserves a lot of credit. And uh, it, would, it would just, even though he's won before, it's just that we, you could not, I don't think you could choose another actor who could do it just as good as he did in this film. Yeah, no, I think he uh, definitely was a standout performance all the way. Yeah. All right, so we got a couple more topics. We're running low on time, so we're going we're gonna to speed a little bit. So we live in the greater Chattanooga area, and Jojo Rabbit was supposed to have a limited release. In the first week, there is no Jojo Rabbit showing anywhere in theaters. Now, I don't know... If AMC is releasing it to only a few theaters in like LA, New York, Atlanta, I don't care. I wanted to see it this weekend and I couldn't. And let's just be very clear here, Chris. This is this is Chris getting up on a soapbox for a moment. Yes, I'm I'm upset 
that I can't just go see Jojo Rabbit like it's you know look the Avengers came out here's Jojo Rabbit if it shows up on on a it's got a lot of news buzz it's doing well as far as reviews some people are I think it's mostly Disney trying to downplay the whole Nazi thing this is this is just my belief and you know that's not confirmed or anything but you know when they acquired Fox they acquired this as well mm-hmm. and. I think they're just trying to be like, you know, no one really talked about it that much. Hopefully no backlash. It's Taika Waititi. It's, it's a satire. It's about a kid who's got, who's, whose imaginary friend is Hitler. And he finds uh, a Jewish girl that his mother, I guess, is hiding mm-hmm. from the Nazis. And it just, just plays off that. It could be an endearing story. I want to see it. I don't think there's I don't think there should be big controversy in it unless the movie has an agenda to be like, yeah, you should feel bad for the Nazis. Maybe that would be that would be something they should get backlash for. Should it be? Absolutely. But I don't think this movie is setting out to make that tone. But I wouldn't know because that Chattanooga isn't showing the damn movie. I want to see it. Yeah. I mean, granted, I think I from what I remember when this was before the trailer came out and maybe even while it was first airing i think i remember hearing some people raising questions about what it was gonna what it was gonna be like and i think there was some bad publicity i mean i don't think that the story or the the outcome of the movie is going to be affected at all um but i think at least with a topic like hitler and given disney's track record for no song of the south exactly yeah they're trying to get away from that yeah i think they're at least waiting to kind of see what the public reaction is before they just go right into a wide release for a movie that I think if Fox had released it definitely would have gone wide release initially. Um, but I think F- Disney's trying to kind of, kind of, I don't know, kind of dip their foot into the Fox properties initially that they, that they didn't have any kind of creative control over and, you know, maybe kind of wait and see how it does. And then, I mean, it, so it's October 18th uh, selected release with a planned wide release later on, and that may include every every theater. It may just be a few more. We're kind of wait and see. I think it's going to be totally fine. I think it's going to be a great movie. It looks great, and it's Taika Waititi and a fun Hitler. Yeah, the the trailer was funny with the kid at the end who's got the rocket launcher. This little kid Hitler youth fires it, and it's just everyone's like ah, running around. Is it looks stupid funny, and I, don't I think know. That, I think people understand that it's going to be a satire and that it's not that big of a deal but we'll just have to wait and see i don't know maybe there's a good point to that yeah people should realize but whatever i just i want to see this movie come on disney speaking of movies we want to see batman batman the batman the new batman and now i'm a little lukewarm after they announced some of the castings one of them i'm really excited about one of them i don't know much about and then the other one i'm not i'm not for so let's go through this okay so obviously uh robert pattinson or robert pattinson uh (laughs) as he's probably gonna be known as Pattinson. uh, Pattinson. um he's gonna be batman um i think it's based on that casting I, I, we nobody really knows what to expect. I think it's a good casting. Yeah, he's a great actor. I think that's a good casting right there. Absolutely. Um, uh, Jeffrey Wright is going to be uh, Commissioner Gordon. Love it. Just ah, uh, so good. It's going to be a great actor. I think it's going to be good. 
Oh yeah, salt of the earth. Uh, <laughs> Zoe Kravitz is cast as Catwoman, which fun fact, I think she's. I want to say uh, we were talking about this earlier. I, I want to say she's the stepdaughter of Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Well, she's the she's the daughter of Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, but I'm try. I can't remember their relation, but I know that they are related to some degree. Anyways, we'll Google it later, and, and we'll just learn that for ourselves. Tell us in the chat. Tell tell us in the comments. Oh my gosh. Uh, so uh, I think I mean I'm all right about it. Yeah, kind of neutral. I think she's gonna be fine. You know, we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's get to the next one. Paul Dano. Uh, not excited for this. Really? No. It's just his. He doesn't, he just doesn't look like that type of person to kind of, he just. What do you think he looks like, Chris? I'm just thinking of, I, I think of the, the Riddler as, um, which is a really terrible example. Right? The Riddler and um, uh, Jim Carrey. So which you want that, that which that character is really flawed. So it's it, like I have an idea, and they're like, "We'll look into it." Yeah, this is great, and then it's just, he still loses his mind. I don't. The Paul Dano just doesn't inspire cunning and a little bit of like a plan. So, do you think that the Jim Carrey version has tainted any future Riddler for you? Yes, there it is. All right. Give I mean, give give me someone like um give me someone like Edward Norton to play the Riddler, but which that'll never happen. No, I don't think he's going to do any more comic comic book movies. I really don't know much about the guy. I don't really I, like. I know I've seen stuff that he's been in, but I don't. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, from everything that I've heard, I've. I mean, it could be what good. You're saying could be good. Yeah, I think it. It all all of these castings put together kind of make it feel more like an art film and like a weird independent kind of thing i think the fact that they're not going super mainstream with a lot of these people i i think that they want they know what kind of feel that they want to have for this movie that's where i think it's a risk that's where i'm kind of like and eh, the riddler because i'm like i don't know much about paul dano yeah i know i've seen him in a couple of movies and every time i've seen him in a movie i'm just kind of like eh, like he just he he plays a very scared person and i don't see the i want the riddler to be like a to always be thinking in the back of his mind like ooh, let's see which choice the batman goes for like he want i want him to see him challenge somebody and with paul dano i don't really see that but this would be great for his career if he knocked it out but i agree with you there's there's a they're going they're taking a risk with a lot of unknown kind of uh, not unknown but lesser lesser known talent and granted like we also don't know the degree to which that these characters will be in the film it could just be a throwaway cameo because they're going to go and they're going to i from what i understand they're going to re at least uh reimagine most of the long halloween which has basically almost every batman villain thrown in there let's do it so it's going to be a lot of villains potentially in this movie so it may just be a scene or two as a very specific type of character Mm -hmm. it may not i don't think he's going to necessarily be the main villain of this movie yeah Um, it's also the art direction and the concept that they want to throw out here like with um christopher nolan's movies are very grounded in reality and i really liked those i'm not really a huge dc person but i'm curious to see what this movie takes on i am very confident in uh robert pattinson and jeffrey wright yeah i think their characters i'm excited to see what they do as far as zoe kravitz and paul dano you know we'll see 
and I'm I'm not excited for the Riddler, but I I love to be proved wrong in this, you know. I would I would love to see this movie work out, and I'd love to see them get a good composition, you know, play off each other real well. Yeah, and fun little little tidbit of information before we move on. Uh, Jonah Hill uh, apparently has turned down both uh, he before Paul Dano was cast. Uh, uh, Jonah Hill turned down the casting of either Penguin or Riddler. Riddler, uh, from what I understand, because the studio didn't want to pay the ten million dollars allegedly. Fee allegedly allegedly uh jonah hill salt of the earth uh that's gonna be our thing now um that makes that makes sense though that uh, to me that makes mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense but because there's a lot of a-list actors and i think jonah hill believes he's an a-list actor and i think he is i just don't think he has a large enough repertoire to request that yet yeah and again that's the whole actor trying to have more control over the the production than they probably ended up or really should have um and that may just be what he's asking everybody nowadays maybe that's not just for dc just because you work with martin scorsese doesn't mean you can request huge money which sure. is what i think jonah hill is doing yeah and i think he could have done a good job with it but i like that they're not going so mainstream and i'm i'm intrigued to see where this is going to go next i like that they said no <laughs> yep Jonah Hill, I think Jonah Hill would be a pretty good um, penguin, mm -hmm. more so than Riddler. But that's just me. Yeah. All right. We're getting towards the end. Um, John, what you watching? Yeah. So uh, one of the things I've been, I just actually just finished up watching today. Uh, I caught the El Camino Breaking Bad movie on Netflix. What'd you think? Oh, man. It's such a good Jesse Pinkman story um i it's i don't really want it's so new and i don't want to talk about spoilers or anything but they they went all out as far as cameos as far as uh callbacks to the original series and i think seeing the growth of the character from where he started to where he is by the end of this movie um i uh oh my god uh what why can i not Aaron Paul. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm blanking on that. That's okay. Aaron Paul, I think, is a phenomenal actor. And I think he, this proves it. Just his range uh, as a street thug to someone who has been through a lot. And you see what Walter White was able to teach him over the course of their career. Um, and the things that he's applied uh, yeah. in this movie. Um, but I think for what it is and for what Vince Gilligan did, I think it's a great movie. I definitely recommend it. I feel like Aaron Paul could be a good Riddler. Oh God, we're not going to start this. He he kind of looks like he kind of looks like a Michael Michael Keaton type of actor, where he could just hone in on a lifestyle and sell it to me. He looks more like a street thug. Street thug? I think he could be more of like a street thug. I mean, I think he definitely. I think he could do whatever he wanted, but I think he's got that uh, like character actor character actor baggage of oh. this is what he's known for this is the last role that just came out if he was cast as the riddler i think i, I mean it probably would just give it a little bad publicity probably Not you know what? there's probably a lot of people but... right now is like that is the dumbest idea ever get out of here christopher I'm like, yeah you're right i'm just trying to stir up controversy arnold schwarzenegger for the riddler everyone you know He's going to trip over those riddles more than the actual person trying to solve it. So, Can he have a lot of really bad riddle puns? Yes. Like, get to the chopper. That, 
That's not a pun. That's not a pun. No, that's just what he's going to say. Hey, Chris. Yeah. What are you watching? What am I watching? Well, I'm not really watching anything. I'm mostly playing. Um, right now, I'm going through some Pokemon games. And I've been playing with another friend of mine. We were playing Star Wars uh, Empire at War, which is a really fun computer game. Kind of RTS kind of build. If you like those strategy games. Uh, and I wish... I wish like there were more Star Wars games out there when I was growing up, but not as much now. Uh, but they are going to release uh, in the next within the next month. In a month, they're going to release a new Pokemon game and they're going to release a new Star Wars game for Fall uh, Fallen Order. I don't like Fortnite, so I'm not going to play Chapter Two. And then, as far as Modern Warfare, um, I'm just not really into it right now. I might go back to uh nca uh football 14 and play that because football season college football go gators and uh go canes although they suck right now but uh yeah those are the things i'm kind of watching slash playing going through an experience and i'm looking forward to hopefully seeing double tap uh zombie land 2 double tap soon yeah absolutely oh i'll hopefully you'll be able to talk about that in the next podcast tell you what i thought because it looks like fun yeah. Looks like a good sequel. Yeah. In which, yeah, better than recycled trash. <laughs> sequels now. Come on, Hollywood. No more recycles. No more reboots. Sequels. All right, everyone. That'll do it for the Summon Up podcast. Uh, joined here today by John and myself. Y'all have a wonderful, what, day? Night. Night. Wherever you are listening to this. This is the first one we're probably going to post. And so, yeah. We'll be back and we'll be talking hopefully soon about more Mandalorian stuff and uh, hopefully more movie news. And I'll tell you about Double Tap and John will tell you about more things on Netflix because that's where he lives. Sure. (laughs) For right now. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Bye.